The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back to an all new episode. I have a very special new guest today. I have my friend and my castmate. I have Charlie Brunette here with me. Hi, Charlie. Hey, what's up? Thank you for coming all the way to the valley. Oh, it's no sweat. No sweat. Yeah. Just a little bit of traffic. Actually, it wasn't too bad. Charlie brought her my like gallon of water bottle everywhere. <laughs> she my emotional water. support water bottle. Water bottle. Is it, so is this just like your thing now? I've always had a water bottle. I know, but like not, this is not a water bottle. This is a jug. Yes. Well, my pretty one actually, <laughs> want to hear an embarrassing story. When I checked in for the competition this weekend, of course, only me, I dropped it on the carpet while I was registering. Oh. And it spilled all over the table and got everybody wet that was helping me. So I decided that I probably should stop buying water bottles on Amazon and just start getting them from the store again, even though it's like ugly as shit. Like you can't just like get one like Yeti and refill it. It no. has to be the, the, the gallon. It has to be the gallon because one, I forget to refill the Yeti ones. Okay. And this is how I keep track. I lost three or four water Yeti water bottles at Sir because I will leave them there. Oh yeah, because no one wants the gallon water bottle to be left at the restaurant because it's so big. But the Yeti ones, people are like, I feel like I've left four or five there, and they're like, oh, that's a cute water bottle. Like you know, did you drink one of these a day? Yes, one of these a day. Wow. But you have to think about it too. Like when I'm busy, like going to auditions, going to like work, go like driving places. It's like, how many times a day do I have to refill my water bottle? True, 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 true. It's like just in my, it's my passenger in my car. So maybe, okay. You know what? I'm going to be honest. I probably don't do that every day. Yeah. On days where I'm at home and I'm like really doing good and I'm on top you of it. You always have infused water too. When I first came to your house, you had that lemon infused water. Oh yeah. I like, I like a you nice love a good infused. Moment. Yeah. Lemon, cucumber uh, moment, but I also have like my sparklets thing over there. So yeah, like, you have a I whole just, system. Like, I can do with, like, I can deal with that. See, I'm not there and then far I bring in life. My Yeti, my car with me, and it keeps it cold all day. So, do you like cold or like room temperature? I like cold water. This is a really, really invigorating conversation. People, I know. so Charlie, <laughs> you just did, you did a bikini competition. Is that what yes. we call it? A bikini competition. Yeah, a bikini bodybuilding competition. Uh, what made you want to do that? Honestly, I was, when I first got into like my bunion surgery process, I had a few, <laughs> yeah, my good old, my Bert, as I call him, Bert the bunion. I actually had a few doctors tell me that I wasn't going to be able to like work out the same again, be able to run again or wear, wear heels. I also thought that I was going to recover super fast from bunion surgery. I thought I was different than people for some reason, being dumb and naive. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something really, really hard. And, you know, when it bikini competitions too, it's like you have to eat a lot of food, do a lot of things that you're uncomfortable with and do a lot of hard shit. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something really hard. And it's been a quiet experience. That's probably the most challenging thing ever because it's not only getting your body in like the most like optimal shape ever. Yeah. But it's also then being in a bikini competition, like with like walking around on stage in a freaking bikini. Someone backstage was like, we paid a bunch of money for people to judge our asses. Literally. Like we, we voluntarily <laughs> did this. And yeah. I was like, yeah, we did. And honestly, the girls, Katie, that weekend, like I, I was blown away. Like I never walked into a room. Like I work in nightlife. And I walked into this room and I was like, what the fuck did I just get myself into? Intimidated. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. Like, Cause like, it's just, you can see the hard work, you know, and yeah. you can see how confident these girls are and see how much time and effort and money. And there's just nothing to compare. Like they truly, like I looked at some girls and I, my open class, which is like girls who won before girls who are almost pro, like 
this is not their first rodeo. And I think there was about 12 of us. I might be wrong, but I think there was 12. And I was like, there's no way. Like, there's no fucking way I'm going to place. And I got fourth in that division. Wow. And I was looking at the girls next to me and I was just like, it's an honor. Like, it's truly an honor to stand next to you because you guys are just, you know, you're just amazing. It takes a lot of work. And once I think you do it, you're just like, you see someone and you're just like, you put in that extra time that I unfortunately did it. Not in a bad way, but just like, it takes a lot. It's not just like being a hot girl, you know? I feel like in LA, a lot of things are just being good looking. And this is more than being a good looking person. I mean, because you had, I mean, it wasn't just like extreme dedication to working out. Yeah. It was, you know, like, like hardcore with the diet. But I think people think it's like, oh, I'm eating like no calories, no carbs. It's like, I'm eating a lot. Like I'm eating six to seven times a day and food that I'm like not comfortable eating. So what, okay. Like in a day, like, what are you eating? I wake up, I have oatmeal, eggs, full eggs and egg whites, blueberries. Then I have a second meal after that, like which contains like yogurt. And I love yogurt and peanut butter now. Then a third meal is like chicken rice, asparagus. And then a fourth meal is like chicken broccoli. And then a fifth meal is like another chicken, another protein. Well, you know, I don't eat red meat. So (laughs) that kind of limited a lot of my protein, unfortunately. So I like turned into like a walking chicken during this. And, And then like a protein smoothie. That's pretty much what I ate all the time. No pizza, no beans. I well, <laughs> still no beans. No beans. Uh, I do not fuck with beans. Ah, I love beans. So okay, but that still feels like it's a lot of food. But it's a lot of food. But, but it sounds pretty boring. Well, that's where you start to learn how to be fun with it. But you have to start like you, being you creative hot sauce on everything. So like hot sauce on everything. You can use a lot of seasoning. So okay. it's like I'm doing like Cajun chicken recipes, mm. which is like. A Bachans is like a company that Corey works for now. And they do like different variations of like teriyaki sauce, like hot and spicy, sweet. Okay. I love making like barbecue flavored chicken. You zhush it up a little bit. Yeah. And you obviously can't drink any alcohol. So like- That was the hardest part. Literally, I think not drink, like the gym, mm. easy. Learning how to eat with like amazing coach. I finally got over that hump, but not drinking and not <laughs> fucking having fun with everyone. Especially because you work in nightlife. Yeah. Imagine That's you working part. at it. Because working in nightlife, you you enjoy the nightlife. Your table looks at you as like, you're the party goer. You know how many times like you pour out shots and they're like, okay, it's time for yours with us. Like you have to cheers with people their first round. It's, it's weird when your bottle girl doesn't. <laughs> it literally like they look at you like, what? Like, what do you mean you're not drinking with us? Like- Mm-hmm. We're paying $2,000 for a table. Like take the fucking shot, you know? Right. <laughs> so, and like, I really realized that LA is a drinking culture. Everyone who does things, it's, we're going to the beach, we're drinking. We're going to go to the museum. Let's go get happy hour before. Yeah. We're going to go out for dinner yeah. and drinks. You know, everyone after Sir goes to Rocco's after the Abbey to go get drinks. Like yeah. everything is like, I really learned everything is around drinking. I mean, it's just, it's not even after sir, it's at sir. At sir. <laughs> I mean, I did at one shift. I think I had a shift a few weeks ago and I looked at, I think I looked at Peter and I was like, this is the day I really wish I was drinking because I need a fucking shot. Like I would love taking, I love taking shots with my table. <laughs> Every shift at sir is a drink. You have shift. to. <laughs> like literally, I feel like people don't understand. Like you go in the back and you're like, I need a, I need a fucking drink and hit my vape right now. Like I need like a 10 second break <laughs> yes. from everybody. I need like a good tequila shot. And then it's like, I realized I wasn't that much of a nice server and it was because I'm sober. Yeah, I mean, it's it was honestly, it's like, it's my social lubricant. I don't mean that in like a negative. No, it's not negative, it's not but like it's- I tr- can't get through the night, but it's just, it's like I'm, I'm way nicer and I'm also like enjoying it so much more. I'm not thinking about the time. I'm not thinking how much time is left. I'm or what thinking, I have to do. I'm just like, you know what? I'm having fun. Yeah, I like get fucked up. And I'm like looking at people. I'm like, tell me why you're here in LA. I'm not fucked up. I'm just like, <laughs> give me one shot. And I'm just like, I'm cruising. Like, I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm just yeah. like, you know what? I'm good to go. You're like, life is great. I'm making I'm money. Op- I'm having fun. I'm and with then- my friends. Yeah. I'm running up on. <laughs> and then you're like, when you're sober, you're like, what do you want? What pasta do you want? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What goat time che- is it? You're like, goat cheese balls again. Fine. <laughs> Like, what's the special? I don't fucking know. Literally. <laughs> what do you want to drink? What? The Vanderpump Rosé? Okay. Like, you know, it's like, it's not as fun when you're not. I know. A little tips. A little tip. A little tippy tip.
All right, pardon the interruption. We're going to take a break. So I feel like our homes are our dwellings. They are our sanctuary. It is our safe space. It is where we spend most of our time. It's also where we entertain our friends and family and loved ones. So it should bring us as much joy as possible. And with Joybird's selection of customizable furniture and modern home decor lets you bring your unique style into your space. So Tom and I have been in our home for a couple of years now. You know, we've been trying to infuse more of our, our own personal unique style into this place. So I've been scoping out Joybird for some time and they've got really incredible, incredible sofas. I mean, they've got some leather sofas and this like pink velvet sofa that is to die for. I don't know if I could still Tom on it, but maybe I could. But like, I mean, just really, really incredible sofas that I haven't seen anywhere else and get ready for Joybird's Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. I'm so excited. It might be time, everybody. And ordering furniture online has never been easier or more fun. Choose from over 18,000 customization op options or browse curated collections to find the perfect piece for your one-of-a-kind style. You can book a virtual showroom appointment and chat with one of the stylists, literally from the comfort of your own home. They have buttery, rich leathers or soft velvets. And if you aren't sure which fabric or texture that's right for you, you can order a fabric swatch kit before you buy, they'll send to you so you can feel everything, which is amazing. And I love that Joybird has a commitment to creating quality furniture and a more sustainable future. They work with partnership groups like One Tree Planted. So they're really trying to conserve and restore the earth's most precious natural resources. And each piece is made with incredible care using responsibly sourced materials free of harmful chemicals. And their quality and craftsmanship stain and scratch resistance fabrics and limited time lifetime warranty joybird's furniture can handle anything that your family throws at it literally <laughs> so scratch it up kids just kidding with their 90-day returns joybird stands by its quality and craftsmanship if it's not everything you hope for literally just send it back so create a space that brings you joy with Joybird. Visit joybird.com slash love me and get 35% off your purchase. That's 35% off at joybird.com slash love me. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. After nearly dying from drugs and alcohol six years ago, I've been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life, and I'm sharing everything with you. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment, to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures, I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. So you had to go on a meal plan or a yeah, special diet. Yeah, I wouldn't even diet. call it like a diet because I feel like yeah, no, a, a meal I like, plan. I hate the word diet. Me too. Let's remove that from the English Because I feel like people, like I like when I had friends talk to me too, they're like, oh, so I need to not eat carbs. I'm like, where is this idea where like you can't eat carbs? Mm. Like who created that? There's so many triggering words that when we're talking about food and we're talking about eating that... I get triggered by because, you know, I know when people are watching the show and you're talking about your history with food yes, correct. and eating that, you know, I get triggered by a lot of the discussion around it. And I know you do as well. And yeah. I know a lot of people have questions and you don't need to go into like the whole trauma behind it, but of they're course. confused by it. But I think what people don't understand is that trauma around food eating disorders, mm -hmm. just like disordered eating. It, it's not one thing. It's not just like, oh, either you're eating or not eating or eating and throwing up or not eating at all. It's not just like- it, I feel like people pigeonhole it to a thing. Like people think it's just one type of, of way. Yes. And it's not, I feel like that's doing a disservice to people, not just like me, but people everywhere. Cause I've had so many people message me yeah. and say like, my kid has like the same problem as you or like, I have the same problem around like food. Can you just talk a little, but can you yeah. just explain a little bit more about kind of like what the issues were? It basically was like through my trauma, I always say this quote, like the girl who lost control of everything wants control of everything. The only way I had control of things was through my food. And like, since I had such a hard problem with it when I was younger with, with what, like, you know, things that happened with me and 
you know, the past, I looked at things as a control. I'm like, if I stay in this bubble, nothing's going to happen to me. Like a subconscious being fearful. And so Mm -hmm. when someone would be like, pressure me to eat something or someone would ask me like, you know, why aren't you eating at a dinner table? Like, why aren't you eating? Why aren't you eating? Like, I always got that question all the time. I kind of would like, I would choke up, I would freeze. And like, I would kind of like freak out or I would just like skip dinner parties because I didn't want people asking me why I wasn't eating all the food everyone else is eating or why I wasn't going to try it. And like when people would ask me to try food, like I would literally start crying because I just was like, food is such like a big part of everyone's life, obviously. Like, like drinking, it's food. It's, it's, yeah, it's, like it's, it's, it's normal. It's yeah. like when you go to a dinner party and you're not trying, like, you know, someone makes an, a beautiful decadent, you know, whole orders all this food for us. And they're like, well, why aren't you eating? And you can't give an answer to that. You know, especially when you get older, like, you know, I'm not like a 10 year old girl where it could just be dismissed. as like, oh, she's picky. Don't bother her. It's now like you're an adult. Why aren't you trying food? This is really weird. Right. And I would just, you know, Corey was the one that kind of helped me break out of that shell and his family because they would, you know, slowly let me try stuff. But I would, I would just start crying. All right. I would just avoid food or like I would even like if I would be at things like for set, for example, for acting, you know, how there's like, you know, they have the food that they order. I would just not eat all day instead of asking for special requests, I would be like, I'm just going to skip. I would just bring my own like protein bars in my bag, but we know that's not healthy. Like, especially doing this bikini process. It's like, I really value getting a healthy meal in now. Yeah. Like, I don't miss my healthy meals now. Now I like love food. Cause I'm like, I need to make sure I'm getting the right nutrients, getting the proper, like not diet, but the proper food in my system because I, I need it. And I yeah. can't skip meals because I'm scared to eat something. It's not okay. It's not okay to not eat all day, you know? So certain foods that you were scared to try or that when they would be around you, then you were like, is it certain ones that are linked to your past that you have certain traumas around? I think beans is the biggest one. Beans Beans has always been, like I have a specific memory. It's really fucked up. There's specific memories that you have to certain foods that you just are... No, thank you. Yes. I just like red meat and beans. Like it's just, you know, I have like still to this day, I I can like literally play back what happened to me. And I'm just like, nope, I don't, won't touch it. Won't be around it. But like, I've tried so much more now, but there's like you said, just certain things. I'm just like, that's just never going to happen. And it's okay. That's <laughs> yeah. Like what about pasta though? I have tried pasta. I know, but what was it about? Cause I know, okay. On the show, I have a question. Yes. I know I'm going to try to ask this in a way so you're not like, what the fuck? No, you're fine. So if if there was a reason, if like, let's say, because it's, it's like trauma, because when we didn't know that there was like, mm-hmm. we we're just like, wow, this girl sounds like she's a just kind of vapid. Yeah. You know, if, <laughs> Which is if valid. There's, if there's trauma linked to food, mm-hmm. I know you don't necessarily want to like dive into it being like, well, I don't eat this because I have trauma related to yeah. food. And you know, that that's, that's a very deep conversation to dive into each time. But to like resort to saying something like, well, pasta makes you fat. Yeah. Can be triggering to people that oh, yeah. have a certain also food related trauma. So you're like, percent. so it's, it's an interesting go-to response. So I was wondering like why you picked that rather than being like, you know, I hate pasta. So that's why I don't eat it. Honestly, Katie, <laughs> I don't even remember saying it. Oh, I think don't. I just, because what happened was when, when you get a job, at any restaurant job, what do they make you do? They make you try all the food. Right. And it wasn't the first time I was asked that question. So it was a topic of why isn't Charlie trying the food at Sir? And I was avoiding it, avoiding it, avoiding it. And then when I was asked, I don't know, the fifth time, I just said some stupid shit because I, well, you also know that like sometimes my humor and sometimes my jokes are a little bit try (laughs) a little you know not everyone has the same humor as me and that wasn't a humorous joke at all but I'm saying like I just said something of like something out of the obvious of being like just don't ask me this question anymore okay just like it makes you gain weight this like this is dumb we're done with this and obviously I told I like that's the thing too when the episode came out I was like I don't even remember saying that like I I beat myself up because I was like that's not me one I'm not worried about like, if you also saw this bikini journey, like I'm a girl who drinks beer and eats pizza. The last thing I'm really worried about is weight gain. Like, you know, like that's not something that I'm like, you better not gain weight if you eat that food. Like I'm a girl who's like, loves fucking dessert. 
loves yes. pizza. Like, you know, I'm a dessert girl. I will fuck up a whole anything. I'll have multiple desserts in one night. Like I'm not, I don't calorie count in my head. So me even seeing that on TV was, I knew I hurt a lot of people, girls who, or boys too, that looked at that. And they were like, whoa, that was like out of pocket. And it hurt people and it wasn't okay. And it was something that now I've learned as growing older, you know, you need to be honest with people. And not only that, but you also need to watch what you say because you're being filmed. <laughs> you can't just be saying shit on camera. And you also need to be a little bit more accountable in what you say. Saying something like that really affects people. And you can't just say things to say things. You need to yeah. be honest. It's time for another break. So it's my most favorite time of the year. What I love most about this time of the year is all the smells. I love the scents of the season. And thanks to Native's new seasonal scents, my favorite scents are with me wherever I go. Yes, I'm talking about their deodorant. Native deodorant is formulated with ingredients you've actually heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. Native never uses any aluminum, parabens, sulfates, but still keeps you feeling and smelling amazingly fresh all day long. With classics and rotating seasonals, Native has a deodorant scent literally for everyone, including their new holiday-inspired collection, candy cane, sugar cookie, and mistletoe. I'm obsessed. I love to smell like candy, so give me all the candy cane you can get. And mistletoe is a very sexy scent. It's like cedar and sandalwood. I'm really into it. I'm into all of them. A native is not just good for you. It's good for the planet. They have a deodorant made of 100% paperboard packaging. They're vegan and never test on animals. So we can all feel really good about that. And my underarms feel really good too. I switched to Native a couple of years ago and never looked back. Honestly, it's very effective. I do feel fresh all day long. My underarms look and feel very good. Uh, the shea butter is very nice on the skin. And I'm not alone in loving Native because they have over 15,000 five-star reviews. So I know that you're going to love them as well. I wear it to the gym and I still like smell super good afterwards. So I've put it to the test. Trust me. So keep this sense of the season with you with Native's limited time holiday scent deodorants. Go to nativedeodorant.com. Use code LOVEME to get 20% off your first purchase at checkout. That's nativedeodorant.com. Code LOVEME for 20% off. nativedeodorant.com. Code LOVEME. All right, let's get back to it. My eating issues were definitely of the the sorts that were very disordered in the sense that I had bad relationships with food where I placed a lot of like moral value on food. So there were foods that were very bad, even though I yeah. enjoyed all food mm -hmm. and I loved all food. I was very much of always like the, this is bad food. So I can't have that food or I can't have a lot of that food. And mm -hmm. I was always very good about like moderation. And I still am to this point where I'm just like, okay, well, like you can't have like, 19 donuts a day. I mean, that's just common sense. That's, you know, I'm like someone that would eat 19 donuts a day. That's a <laughs> well, thing. Because then I also like had struggled with like binging, mm -hmm. right? Didn't know like limits. So I had to like work with nutritionists to understand like balancing a meal and learning And portions. that's what my bikini competition has taught yeah, me. Like yeah. Learning how to portion out meals and learning what a balanced meal looks like and learning proper nutrition. And I feel like, like people aren't taught that. Of what like certain types of vegetable, you know, I just, I didn't understand any of that. And like, now I can understand that and learning hunger cues. Cause I would eat until I literally wanted to throw up. That's sometimes. how Corey is. It's so funny. <laughs> and I understand like hunger cues, you know, but it's yeah. just like, I think sometimes when people are coming to you and not understanding, I mean, even cause when I, when I heard the thing about you saying like pasta makes you fat, I was like triggered. I was like, Oh my You're God, like, fuck yeah. this girl. Pasta is bad for you. And I, don't and I was like, Oh my God, that's a bad trigger for me to hear. But that's when I was like, Oh my God, she has trauma with food. Well, why would she say that if she has food trauma, she should understand that that's not something you should yes. say. And it really, that's why I was like, I need to be honest. And like, also let's like, let's clock in something. My first year of Vanderpump, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I started at Sir a week before filming. Okay. Well, none of us knew our first year either. I didn't even think, Katie, I was even going to be on the show. <laughs> so when I was saying shit to people or saying things and talking basically out of my ass, 
I left like, oh, that's never going to make it. You know, like I genuinely was like, that's like, no one's going to care about that. No one's going <laughs> to hear this again because I'm not going to be on it. Like, it's not that big of a deal because, you know, I, I just know how things go in the industries too. Like, you're not going to be the main person your first year. Like I just, I didn't even think I was going to have interviews. So like, like I said, when I had that conversation, I didn't even check it in my head that I even had that conversation. It was like, <laughs> I'm going to talk out of my ass. I'm going to get this over with and I'm going to go home or I'm going to go finish my shift at sir. It wasn't a, a thought, like it wasn't something that I thought about and even had accountability before because I didn't even know I said it. And then when it came out, I was like, Ooh, yeah, that was not something I should have said and not something that I want people to ever think of me as. And then I, I, I created my own grave. And then after that, I was like, anything and everything I'm going to be completely honest about. If I'm a part of this process, I'm going to be a hundred percent transparent. I'm going to tell people who I am. And I also, you know, I was what, like when I first started this season, like barely 23, like you were 23. Yeah. I thought you were like 25 at least. No, I was just turned to like, I was literally oh just 23. Like I think about like poor Charlie then it's like girl was like, so like lost in like the sauce. And she was just like, I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm. That's why you were calling us all grandmas. Yeah. I was like, like fuck these bitches. Like these little grandmas. <laughs> and I was like this dumb. You know what we should have done? Twat. You could call me a twat. It's fine. I don't know if I did that. I was like, this this little hoe. I would have done this. The funny thing is, I would have done the same thing to me. We also didn't have the proper introduction. We never really did, no, because we like hardly interacted. And I know like you like came here because it was like I had a girl's day. I'm like, let's have all the girls over. Like, I don't even think it. I like, talked that night. We hardly did, but I was like, I don't really know. But like you were very sweet. You came in and you like had like like presents for us. It's like, this is really sweet. She like brought us like little like gifts. And I was like, this obviously is really nice. gift giving is my love language. <laughs> I'm always like, here, I but bought then, you like, something. But then that was kind of it. Yeah. Really. And I was just like, but other than that, like I was just like, I could tell I could definitely get the, I got the sense that you were very young, but that was it really. Mm-hmm. And then she There said wasn't that, that much in depth. Yeah. And then And then I turned everybody off and everyone was like, I don't want to get to know this girl. Well, no, which I, is fine. I well, get it. Yes, but I'm really glad and we we talked in Palm Springs and I'm really glad we did because yeah, like Me my, too. my first impression of you like wasn't and I told you what wasn't really great because yeah. like and I'm not like an ageist in that sense, but when there really is not either, but when there is like an age difference, it, it does, there is like that kind of like hurdle where you have to like find common ground with someone and you have to like, cause there's, but I think that like, now that you know me, like, it's so funny too, like me even saying grandmas, cause it's like, I am a very big person that like has friends of all age groups. Yeah. Like I can literally like, and I actually enjoy probably hanging out with people that are older than me anyways. But like, I, that's like even a funny thing of me to even say, cause it's like legit. I have so many friends that are different ages and every age that I don't really, I don't look at people like that either. Like I was just being a, like a little asshole. I'm like, Oh, well you're going to be a bitch. I'm going to be a bitch, you know, like, what, what, and I'm that way too. Yeah. It was just, I'm it's same. just what it is. Like, you know, I, know, I just, cause I remember, I remember like hearing it's like a podcast and we were like, and like, they were like, so like cold to me. And I was like, this isn't fucking a sorority. It kind of like, is like a sorority though. If you think about it. <laughs> and I was like, there is gotta, a little bit of a sorority vibe. You just got to get in where you fit in Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> like step up pasta bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll serve you pasta cold next yeah, time. Literally. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, like it's funny to like look back at everything. Like obviously I don't regret anything. I don't because everything happens for a reason, but I definitely regret not watching the show before I got on and not knowing what I signed up for because I would have known one, how big pasta is in this group. And two, I would have been completely honest. I would have said, Cause I also think it's weird. I mean, no offense to anyone. I don't think everyone deserves to hear your story. I don't think that everyone deserves to not say get to know you right away. But like you said, like I'm timid. I'm a very guarded person, not because I don't want to let people in because once you do let things out in the open and once you do start sharing your stories, I feel like I was more scared of the judgment around my past and what I went through than what people were going to judge me off of me saying some stupid ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Like when everyone was like, oh, she's the worst as a pasta. In my mind, I was like, well, they still don't know who I am. And I have at least that to hold on to. But why do you think we would judge? Not you. Or just the audience. audience. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't worried about you guys. I was more. And like, I mean, we're seeing it today. I still read comments and it's like people saying that 
kind of like discrediting my story because they don't understand it or it's something that they they don't relate to or they had a different relation to food or like blah 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 and so there's like you know there's basically saying that it's invalid but I think even if you told them literally everything or as much as possible if I told my whole life story Katie these people would literally cry not cry but I think people would be like holy shit I think no one is owed it and plus like there's not enough time on our show to do that and also like also I feel like I've been telling like my story and putting my life out there for nine years and people still like it's still like they don't get it they don't get it and I've seen the most wild fucking we were talking about it before this the wild fucking theories about my life my husband everything they're still gonna come up with wild shit so it doesn't matter like you could do that and and go as deep as you want with it and it's still gonna like they still it's like still twi- not gonna be enough. It's still yeah. gonna be twisted. They so, still twist it. They still make it something that it isn't. And so it's just just say fuck it and share what you want or don't share what you want. Mm-hmm. I think you've been brave in sharing that part because honestly, we didn't get that your first season on. We, yeah, we didn't. I know just that showed about up to you. party and then I like um, left. <laughs> and I think and I think that obviously like there's more than what you know of course there's more to it than what we understand and you don't have to go there because it's obviously still very tender but I think but again like I said nine years later still fucking still fucking don't get it so it's fine I will say that opening up parts of your life that are scary that you want to protect that you you know think that you'll be judged on Mm -hmm. can be helpful to people like, yeah. I, like, again, like, I didn't think I would ever tell anyone that I had an abortion because it's, you know, you can be scared. Like, uh, people are going to shame me. People are going to judge me. Yeah. Gonna, but you know what? Like, I feel like if this helps one person feel not alone, mm-hmm. just one, or if this is a topic that's taboo or this is a topic that should be talked about, this is something that women are like, you know, what's happening right now. Honestly, Katie, when I saw that, I was literally like me and Corey were on the couch and like we were like, like started stiffling because we were just like that. But not saying it was like beautiful, but we were just like that was so like you said, like we watched that and we were like, you're helping someone because that shit like even though it's like talked about, it's still a taboo in a sense of people coming out with their personal stories. You know what I'm saying? A A lot of people in the spotlight don't say I did this because like you said, people are scared of getting criticized and getting judged and getting twisted. But like when you shared that story, I was like, wow, like that was to me, that was a huge step because that's a scary ass shit. So that's what I say to you. So it's like, it's not like going to be the most fun you're going to have. Yeah. It's going to be the most, (laughs) the, the, the most fun story you share about yourself. Definitely not. But if you feel compelled to ever, you might, reach some people that have been there before and yeah like feel like I've had know, tons of help pe- someone yeah I've had tons and tons and tons of people message me and I feel like those See? are the people that yeah. countless of people message me not just about their personal story about their kids going through something similar and that's that's what actually has encouraged me to keep like you said keep going in a sense that like I've been looking at different charities to get into and different platforms to start working with because I'm like, let's, like you said too, like when we, you know, we're going backwards, but I'm just, eating disorders are not just one thing. And I think that mm-hmm. goes for a lot of things in life, for a lot of different things that people go through. We all look at them as this is what it is. And that's not what it is. It's always a spectrum. It's not just one thing. And I feel, yeah, it, it's various things. So all right, we're going to take a quick break because I want to talk about the pain and stress and tension I have in my life <laughs> and how I need to relieve that sometimes because I don't always want to have to take medicine and sleep aids that often just leave me feeling groggy the next day, you know? 
that's not always the answer I want for those things. I want kind of more of a natural approach to those things. And I know you've probably heard a lot of people talking about the benefits of CBD, but sometimes, you know, it can be hard to find reliable products. But Papa and Barkley creates award-winning CBD solutions for pain and stress and sleep and everyday wellness. And unlike less effective CBD brands, they have unmatched clean, chemical-free, whole plant process with proven results. And their CBD relief balm really is like magic. I carry a lot of tension in my neck and shoulders and I just rub that in every day and it like disappears like magic. I rub it into my sore muscles after a workout and I just get so much relief from that. And their CBD oil relief drops really do help manage stress, helps get a good night's sleep. I don't wake up the next day feeling like hungover like I do from other sleep aids. It is really, really amazing stuff. I love their commitment to creating cleaner, more effective, more reliable CBD products. And the founder of Papa and Barkley, Adam Grossman, created the groundbreaking relief balm as a way to help ease his father's back pain, which I think is so special. And from that has expanded into a full line of topical balms and oils and tinctures, capsules, all made with 100% natural clean ingredients, whole plant, full spectrum CBD. And today they are the number one cannabis wellness company in California with their new CBD relief line. And they ship nationwide, which is awesome for everybody who wants to get these products. So yeah, their CBD relief balm, Magic, 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 delivers hours of comfort with simple plant-based ingredients in an at-home test. Over 300 participants reported 40% reduction in daily discomfort in just one week using the balm. And I believe that because I've used it myself. And their award-winning CBD oil relief drops is the fastest metabolizing daily wellness option for easing daily stress, discomfort, and supporting good night's sleep. So if you're like me having trouble falling asleep, definitely definitely try this. Papa and Barkley is on a mission to improve lives through CBD in its purest, cleanest form. Go to papaandbarkleycbd.com slash love me for 20% off your first purchase. That's 20% off for new customers at P-A-P-A and B-A-R-K-L-E-Y-C-B-D.com slash love me. Okay, back to the show. What is one thing that people would be very surprised to know about you? Oh, I honestly feel like people don't realize that I love, like, I love camping. Like I love outdoors camping. Mm. I'm like very into just my favorite thing is to pitch a tent. Pitch a tent. I love me and Corey love going places. Like I love no phone service. I love to like go out so far, like road trips. I hate flying despise it really oh my god I hate it I love being on a plane really I can't do it I have to have like a Xanax before I fly and like five cocktails well, that's fun too yeah <laughs> like <laughs> I'm the girl that gets drunk in the airport and starts screaming at people Me too. <laughs> for no reason I'm just like I'm fucked up but I love like I'm a road trip camping girl and I feel like people don't perceive me as a camping girl from like if you I feel like my Instagram isn't very in depth of who I am at all but I'm like nothing I love more than being dirty, than camping, <laughs> than being just out in the wild. It's my favorite thing. Like I, I think I'm going to camp soon. I want to go camping. I haven't been camping in a long time. Oh my God, we should go. We should, like, I want to go to actually, like, there's a camping um, spot in Big Sur I want to go to because you literally have no service. I hate, I love disconnecting. Like I hate being around trips or places where people are on their phones. Is there a town nearby? Yeah, there's a town nearby, but we just have to gather all of our stuff and buy it all. And then once we get up there, it's like, we're up there. Well, I'm just saying like, if there's like an emergency, I do, like, I'm a little bit of like a worrier. Yeah. Like if, as long as you have a first aid kit, you know, nothing's going to happen. I know, but like, but there is a town nearby. What if there's like a murderer <laughs> that stalks us out there? Anyways, <laughs> well, we're, we have boys with us. I feel like Corey is like such a, you know, like he's town, a tall, tall dude with tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> like, the tattoos will make him scared. Tom's going to sacrifice me. <laughs> yeah, Tom would be like, here, take them. He sacrificed me to James when we were playing that oh, game. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you <laughs> so try this from Barstow. I've been through Barstow. Yeah, because you had to go to Vegas. times because I go to Vegas all the time. But like, what do you do in Barstow? Like, what is like a life in Barstow like? I was actually, my mom had me very involved in things. So I didn't get involved with bad things. But I like, you know, I was in band my whole life. Okay. 
and I was a dancer and played softball. So I didn't really have time for... So like drugs, people do. <laughs> drugs. It's a small town, you know, like it's like any small town. Okay. Like you, there's a, you, there's a lot of statistics against you. Like a lot of, you know, yeah. teen pregnancies, a lot mm. of gang stuff, a lot of drugs. If you think about it though, Barstow is a perfect hub for drug dealing because you're two hours from Vegas. You're three hours from in, San Diego. A lot of people coming through. Come, and there's a lot of halfway houses there because oh, like, yeah. if you think about it, where like if you're three hours from the border, TJ, I mean, I grew up my whole life going to TJ all the time. I mean, I love Tijuana, honestly. <laughs> I just went the, like a few months ago. Um, I've never been there. Really? Oh my God, we should do like a whole like Baja California trip. Me and Corey love driving to Mexico. I grew up driving to Mexico my whole life, obviously. But yeah, you think about it, like it's two hours from LA, three hours, three and a half from the border, two hours from Vegas. It's out in the middle of nowhere. But there's actually a lot of good qualities about Barstow. Like Barstow is a very involved community. Like I was Miss Barstow. I was teen Miss Barstow. I got awards from the state because, you know, Barca is very big on charity and like helping their community. And it's very, everyone knows everybody. I came also from a big Mexican family, like the Rodriguez family. My grandpa owned a, yeah, my grandpa was like a, back in the day, you know, it was colored men didn't have a business. And my grandpa came from Mexico, then went to LA and actually got a job at BNSF because there's a big railway. He's from Anahuatl and then my grandma's from Chihuahua. So they came. Yes. I feel like their story is so inspiring. Every time I do something, I'm like, I'm doing this for my grandpa. (sighs) Yeah. And he came and he created a Rodriguez market and he, he would help people get from Mexico in here and he had a market and like, you know, the little hood and like helped everyone in the community. But they had what my grandpa and grandma had seven kids. Oh, wow. And then everyone had like five to 10 kids. She's a huge family. Yeah. And my, my grandma was the only one who had two kids, just my mom and my aunt. So I had like tons of cousins, tons of family members. So, but like in Barstow, that's what I'm saying. Like everybody knows everyone and everyone knew that my grandpa was, you know, Mr. Rodriguez. Like it was no secret. So you couldn't get away with anything. That was one (laughs) thing. Like I was, anytime I did something bad, it got immediately back to my mom. Like it was a small town like that. I'm from a small town too. And like, Imagine, like high school was rough, man. Like you know how it, like it was just like a typical small town. I couldn't have a fake ID. Oh, I couldn't, well. I couldn't enjoy. Well, you because you could come to a lake. You're not gonna go much far in Utah, and there's no drinking. I could go to a lake, but like I'm gonna drive down a canyon. Yeah, and drive back. No, no, like, no. They didn't have. And options. the driving in Utah, it's like not sketch, but it's far. Yeah, in the winter. Yeah. Right when I got my license, I was 16, and my sister moved to LA, and ever since then. I spent every weekend in LA. I was oh, a, you told me some fun stories. Yeah, I was a little bit of like not naughty, but I think that I I was I was serving at like you know you can start <laughs> serving at sixteen. So I was working at like a fancy the fanciest bar restaurant in in Barstow at the time Los Domingos, but still there. I still go there all the time do my annual drinking. So I would work on the weekdays. And then I was, I was like too cool. You know, I was like, "Mm, I'm too cool. I'm going to go with my sister in LA. And I would just start, I had a fake ID. Actually I had a fake, I had a real passport that someone gave me from, I had the whole setup, Katie. But then think about this too. I was two hours from Vegas. So the people that I was friends with in LA, when they would go to Vegas, they would pick me up. (laughs) And I remember one time my mom was at work and I left to Vegas and she called me. Oh my God. She was like, where the fuck are you? And I was at the marquee grand opening. How old are you? Like 16, 16. Oh at God. the club. My guardian angel must be tired. She was like putting <laughs> overtime. Seriously. We're going to take a quick pause. So a way I like to sort of unwind from the day and turn my brain off is playing game on my phone. And I specifically like match three games, but you know, they can all kind of blur together and then they're all the same, can get a little boring after some time. Well, Switchcraft is a brand new take on match three games. As you play, you unlock pieces of a beautiful, magical, and gripping graphic novel. I lose myself in this game. It is so much fun. It really is like this incredible story 
that you're following and you meet all these characters playing in this story and there's literally thousands of levels so it feels endless you're never going to get bored so in switchcraft you take on the role of a witch at pendle hill and it's like the top witch academy and as you're playing your way through like hundreds of enchanting match three levels you're revealing a dark winding mystery story and it starts with the disappearance of your best friend and now it's up to you to unravel the mystery of her disappearance using your magical match three skills which i'm really really good at not to brag and you know, along the way you're meeting all these characters and it's it is this like really interesting story you have to cast these spells and figure out like what happened to her there's a little bit of romance so you're making choices along the way you feel like you're in the driver's seat it is seriously so much fun i get lost in it every time and all the graphics are really really beautiful so download switchcraft for free and unlock the magical mystery all right let's get back to the podcast does your family on like christmas you do the whole like my mom does a molly yeah <laughs> well every year we make t- well we don't do it as much anymore because my grandma's a little bit older now mm. it's hard on her hands but like before my mom has a but my mom still does a pozole party every year and oh. she makes like gallons of pasole and everyone just gets wasted and there's tamales i grew up like every morning making homemade tortillas like okay i would yeah with that so but my family parties like they they drink they, they're getting fucked up. <laughs> they like to dance. They like to drink. Do they want to meet Tequila Katie? No, they honestly, <laughs> that's literally up their route. Amazing. <laughs> and like, you know, the funny thing is too, like my family's a good, like when Corey first met me or actually first met my family, me, it was Easter and like, we're very Catholic, still have to go to church every time I go home. But we're also, my family's big about like, if you have beef, like we actually like squabble, like actually physically. <laughs> And when out back, yeah, out back at the market, literally, in, or Del Taco parking lot, yeah, literally. And I remember Corey first met me, and me and my sister were fighting, and I swung on my sister, and my mom dragged us inside and looked at Corey, and he was like, she was like, give us fifteen minutes, and Corey was like, all I was hearing, like you know, cartoons when you hear like things throwing around, and oh like, and then like they opened the door, and me and my sister were on the couch, and she was like, they're done, they're gonna get over. It. Oh and Corey was like, yeah, the first time I met Charlie and her family, she and her sister literally got in like a full on fist fight. <laughs> but it's, Damn. I love it. I love my family. <laughs> I love violence. Yeah. No, it's good. But like, if sometimes you need that, you know, sometimes you just need to get like a good old boxing match in the backyard to get over shit. I think our group would benefit from a good boxing match. You know, probably. If you could box three people from the Bravo world, who would you box? From the Bravo world? Yeah, just for fun. Just to start drama. Or just like anybody. <laughs> I have a good three list I've been talking about for okay, weeks. For any, not necessarily from the Bravo world. Just like three people. Who would you? I'm going to think about it. Who would you box? If I say this, it's going to be funny. Who? I would love to box that Hannah Burns girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her. No, I just think it would be funny. Her and then... Uh, Katy Perry, but I love Katy Perry. Just Katy Perry from American Idol. Okay. <laughs> just that version of her. Just those two? Just those two. Oh, okay. I, I think that there should be <laughs> funny celebrity boxing matches with like all people, but like in the Bravo world, it'd be even funnier. Yeah. Like imagine boxing a housewife. Like oh. no, you don't even have to have beef with them just to be like funny. I don't know. Who should I box? I don't know. I can't like, I'm on the spot. Like you and Luann. Oh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Match like height wise. Yeah. Right. And then I feel funny. like Ariana and like Tamara Judge. Good match. <laughs> yeah. See? Ariana and Ramona. Yes. <laughs> see, I feel like this would be like really like I feel oh, like we should yeah. profit off this. Sheena and Bethany. <laughs> no, Sheena and like Melissa Gorga. That'd be great. And then like Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle. Like just keep it. See, like that. Whoa. Like keep the beef. Like some people wow. have beef. Oh you my know? god, that one. That would be scrappy. It's blood. Good blood. I'm saying. I feel like we need to do like a Bravo boxing match. WWE. Yes. We want to be tag team duo. Okay, so on this note of of being messy and fighting. Yes. We're gonna end on the rage text of the day. What are you gonna send your rage text of the day to, Charlie? My rage text of the day would be. To this girl, this has happened a few times to me, but oh, this to, one, oh, to a specific, specific girl, girl. Oh, okay. her friends couldn't get into the club. Okay. 
if you can't get into the club, which my club isn't like one of those ones that are like, judge you off the shoes you're wearing. Like, you know, like, you know how poppy, like certain one of them are like, they're very hard to get into and they judge like who you are, how young you are, how big your tits are. Like my club, La Mesa's not like that. Okay. <laughs> I stay away from those now. Yeah. I don't go to those either. And La Mesa's are pretty, but if you are rude to the people at the door, you're really mean. Like there's a valid reason you can't come in. If you're disrespectful to the staff and this girl comes up to me and she goes with her phone, shoves it at me in my coworker's face and says, I have 12,000 followers. <laughs> oh no. She started off on the wrong foot with me. Okay. Like I, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about followers at all. I think followers and people who care about that are stupid. Anyways, she goes up and she goes, I have 12,000 followers. If you pointed at me and my friend, if you don't let my friends into the club, which we have no control over that at all. I'm going to write a bad review to all of my fans and tell them how bad you are as a person. And I started laughing, Katie. I was like, honestly, do it. Do <laughs> I'll it. watch you right now. Dude. Yeah, please. And tag me. Uh, tag, tag, tell them specifically Charlie wouldn't let you in. Not the, not, not the front door staff, me. And she came up again and was like 12,000, 12,000. You know, everybody in this town knows me. This is the fourth time a girl has came up to me while I was working and said that showed me her followers to try to convince me to a give her something that was ridiculous or b say how important she was because she had this many followers so my rage text of the day would be to any bitch who shows her followers at any establishment especially a service industry establishment to try to get something because nobody cares Maybe, you know what? Maybe if she had two mil, okay? And I'd be like, mm, maybe we could help you out. Maybe we can have a conversation. Maybe we'll work out an agreement, some posts. We'll see what's going on. We'll write up a contract. Yeah, starting off with a solid 12. You could have bought those 12. That's, that's, that's That costs thing. like 250 bucks. Yeah, I not even. I think it's like 30 bucks to buy like 10,000 followers. <laughs> I've really taken care of Leonardo DiCaprio and he has paid his bill. If, if he's going to get that ridiculous yeah just like it doesn't matter i'm working here i'm literally working right now and i have more followers than you so like this is not like obsolete get out of my face unless you're fucking jeff bezos to me unless you're like literally at jeff bezos level at this point we're all at the equal same playing field <laughs> i don't know who cares thank you so much for, for coming no, on the podcast. Thank you, Katie. This was so much fun. It was like a whole hour like venting session before we even did the podcast. <laughs> know, we, had a, we had a nice chat before, but yeah, guys, keep watching the show. Yes. Is, thank you guys for watching. Anyone who is watching and supporting, <laughs> thank you. We thank really appreciate you. it. There's still some more spicy episodes to come, so keep tuning oh, yeah. in on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. on Bravo, and until next time, I love y'all. And yeah. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 